If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Unlock Live for Inside Xbox. I'm your host, Sydney Goodman. We're coming at you from home. No cats yet. They went to go get fed. Um, but, I mean, what a conference we got, or stream, but we got our first look at real Xbox Series X gameplay, and let's continue the hype by getting into discussion, but first... IGN Summer of Gaming is going to continue coverage just like this. We're going to have dev interviews, we're going to have demos, and we're going to have more next-gen console coverage. So make sure you tune in on IGN.com, anywhere you like to watch IGN, including IGN One on your Samsung TV+. Plus. But let's dive in. I've got the Unlocked crew with me, Ryan McCaffrey, Miranda Sanchez, and Brandon Tyrell. Hello, everyone, again. Hello. Oh, again. we're back. We're back. <laughs> okay, so... Let's just, I want to get into this, like, or go through this relatively quickly in terms of give me your first impressions, like one or two words. How are you feeling? Let's start with Ryan. Sure. I, uh, my favorite thing about this, I was very surprised that it was almost entirely games that we'd never seen before. So I really like that aspect of it. The vampire we'd seen before, I mean, uh, Assassin's Creed, we were prepared to see and, uh, but other, and then Madden, you know, comes out every year, but really outside of that, it was entirely new games, and that's you know that's been a big thing with Xbox. It's just like where are the where are the new games? Where are the where are the games? Period. So here's a bunch of new games that made me really happy to see. All right, so Miranda, we got our first or we got glimpses of real gameplay. Did you feel like it delivered? Um, I feel like we haven't seen enough to really be super wowed by it. I think some of the particle effects some of the lighting, some of it was really nice, but I think we just need more. A lot of these trailers were very short and a lot very cinematic. And sometimes it was hard to tell like what was really supposed to be that really exciting gameplay we're looking for. Um, so I'm a little, little mixed on it, but I think it was a good start. A good start is much better than a bad start. Obviously. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, BT, uh, so they mentioned, yes. or you mentioned in the pre-show that, um, yeah. you know, you want to see racing games, you want to see Madden. Do you feel like what they showed kind of whet your appetite? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. I, I think it was a good first offering um, with regard to the racing. Madden felt very much more like kind of a, a promotional video. Um, as a diehard 49ers fan, you know, tough to see Patrick Mahomes on there, obviously. Uh, but, um, you know, we're excited. It, it seems like the the next iteration of Madden is really leaning into, you know, the, the hype of, of next gen, which is, I think, something that is important for, you know, annualized sports titles. Um, I, I really love that they went back to, you know, simple beginnings. They did that cool little history. Wish we would have seen more gameplay and, and maybe, you know, seen some of it in action. Um, with regard to the racing stuff, we we did see Dirt Five. Obviously, um, that has always been sort of a staple of the of the racing community. I am going to be looking forward to seeing you know that game in action as well. A lot of the gameplay that we saw so far seemed like you know it was simulated Xbox Series X specs. It was you know running in engine, um, as you saw multiple times throughout the uh, the showcase. But um, you know, until we see the game with the HUD and it's being controlled, it, it's hard to really make heads or tails of, of, you know, what it is we're looking at or, or, or how beautiful it actually could be. 
Totally. And that's interesting that you mentioned the HUD and seeing like, I'm in it. This is what I will see when Mm -hmm. I'm playing a game. Only because if you think about they're having Xbox 2020s monthly up until holiday, which, you know, November, December. And how met like when are we going to see that and jump in? Like, will we see Dirt 5 game like in-game gameplay? And when is that gonna happen? Because I know we have a long period of time, but like we're creeping up to launch. Ryan, what do you think about that? <laughs> it you know, it's always tough. I've I've I'm like the barnacle on the side of the IGN <laughs> games media business. I've this is my third Xbox console <laughs> launch, so I've seen a lot of these. Like but really <laughs> what happens is it's that uh it's you got the in development hardware. It's it's always a weird moving target in a console launch year. So I'm not super surprised that we didn't see a lot of real gameplay with heads up displays and, and proper gameplay elements. That's that's kind of common for console launches. Uh, is it still like a little bit of a bummer? Yeah, I mean you'd think this time maybe it could have been a little easier since everything's kind of PC and it's all nebulous anyway, uh, as far as the console generation, the blurring of the lines goes. But yeah, I mean, it's, these games are still a little on the early side. You got to cut the developers a little bit of slack, especially, you know, they're all working from home now. Everything's a lot trickier. So um, I'm happy with what we got. Of course, you always want to see more, but yeah, the, uh, that we got like two seconds of Patrick Mahomes in on on series (laughs) X. And it's like, well, okay. He looks pretty good, but uh, that was, you know, if you were if you were hoping for more, that was uh, a little bit of a tough pill to swallow. Well, the good thing is, at least EA showed us their little promotional video now. So hopefully they have nothing to hide behind when it comes to June 11th when they do their own EA Play Live. Um, but Miranda, so we have a confirmed launch title. I believe it was the only one that uh, they announced during this briefing Yakuza, do you want to talk to us about that? And the yeah, fact so that they only really... announced one launch title? Sorry to jump over you. No, no, no. Yeah, I think they're still keeping a lot of their launch, launch titles close to the chest. I think as far as surprises go, Microsoft was a little bit more strategic and like, okay, let's like kind of keep the bigger, newer things toward the end. Um, and like, wow, with their first tra- trailer, but then kind of build up to everything and ending with Assassin's Creed. I think that's kind of why we saw Yakuza's placement toward the end as well. Um, it's really exciting to finally start getting that little launch lineup going. Like we just don't have a lot for launch yet. We just know we got we're gonna get Halo, and now we're gonna get Yakuza, and it's like a really great mix of games too. Like they're very, very, very different. <laughs> so um, I was actually really excited to see that they do have at least something for launch. Um, and while I think we are craving that launch lineup, I don't think this is the place that they were gonna give the whole thing obviously it gets may they have their their big build-up to their bigger games later and this is just the start of that and so i think giving us at least one thing that is coming at launch and a very exciting thing at launch uh was a really great start to that to building up that list and so i was really happy to see this This is one of a thing i think we're going to talk about a lot (laughs) later in the show too I appreciate your uh, self-control. You're making my job a lot easier. Um, But so, BT, let's move on to Assassin's Creed. You were hyped (laughs) during our pre-show. How did you feel about what they showed and that interview that they had during the Inside Xbox stream? Interview is great. I think anytime you can hear Ash talk about the craft and, and, you know, his team and how they're building it, um, there's always something to learn there. What I really love is you, you hear about Vikings and you think bloodthirsty, you know, warrior tribe but um you know like we saw with origins there's a lot of like soulful uh character development family uh so there's more than just like the action of it uh from what we saw um you know i'm not gonna lie i was a little disappointed by what we saw not with uh not in the content itself but just how much of it Uh, a lot of what we saw really did kind of look like i don't know if it was cutscenes. uh i mean clearly it was it was either running in engine or or simulated in engine, but um, we we saw a lot of cool things. There was a, there's a bunch of really awesome like religious overtones with uh, you know the tree and and I got my fog. I don't know if you saw it, but I got my fog. <laughs> um, the lighting was really cool, Stonehenge, and that was really juxtaposed against you know the 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 iconography of Christianity and the crosses. So it looks like there's going to be a lot of that coming into play. We did see a battering ram hit a door at one point. Uh, that looked like a cinematic. I'm not sure if that means siege gameplay. Um, you know, Sid, I guess what it all boils down to is I really wish we would have seen in like actual gameplay, right? Someone playing the game rather than a lot of really admittedly cool 
cutscene-esque looking things. Um, there's a lot to dig into and a lot to like. I just want to see what this game is. You know, I want to see it running. For sure. Definitely looking for more. Um, totally get that. And actually, speaking of which, Ryan, I know that you kind of had some thoughts about overpromising, possibly under-delivering. Do you want to expand on that? Yeah, we were talking about it during the stream. Uh, and yeah, I thought this was, I have no doubt that Assassin's Creed Valhalla is going to look great. But it, for, for being billed as, oh, the gameplay reveal, no, this was overhyped to hell and back. This was a super disappointing reveal uh, for what they had what they had suggested. I mean, it, but it would have been probably more fair to call it, well, a, a first glimpse at this game. So again, I'm sure it's going to look great. I'm sure it's they're just knee deep in development. They're all there's you know hundreds of developers on any, if not thousands, on any Assassin's Creed game with what the ten support studios plus the main Ubisoft Montreal studio. So. I, I totally get that, but for for this being billed as the gameplay reveal of Assassin's Creed Valhalla was, uh, I thought it was a pretty big letdown in that regard. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up all the studios. So when prepping for this short story, everyone, I Wikipedia and Ubisoft because I wanted to see how many studios they have, <laughs> and there are so many locations. It was like a full page long, so you can look up yourself after the stream. Do not leave because we are going to a super quick commercial break. I bet you can't guess what the ads for. It might be Summer of Gaming. I don't know, but tune in because afterwards we will be talking about our first look at an IGN first title, and later on we'll be going through our favorite games that were shown in this inside Xbox stream beginning in june watch ign's exclusive summer of gaming content for the latest and greatest in game reveals news trailers next gen coverage and more tune in wherever you like to watch ign or on ign one on your samsung tvs surprise and i was right it was a summer of gaming trailer haha <laughs> anyways okay we got our first look at the ascent now ryan i know that you wanted to talk about it as our ign first title let's hear it yeah no i appreciate the chance to shamelessly self-promote here uh so ign first <laughs> if you're not familiar that's kind of our it's like our version of a magazine old an old school magazine cover story where we editorially we're spotlighting one game every month and February, it was Doom Eternal. In March, it was Half-Life Alex. Uh, in April, sadly, the pandemic caused our plans to fall through. But for May, uh, I've been talking to the publisher Curve Digital for quite some time. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to showing you a lot more of The Ascent, which it, this one speaks to me. And I know, Brandon Tyrell, this is your kind of game, too, because it, it's basically, I think the the Twitter version of this would be it. it looks like <laughs> Judge Dredd meets Diablo. So it's a it's a co-op action RPG, you know, a little bit of a sci well, like a little bit of a cyberpunky kind of sci-fi aesthetic, as you can see here in the trailer that's running. And yeah, it's uh I'm really eager to dig into this. So you can you're, you're looking at the trailer now. Uh tomorrow on IGN.com, we will have the first extended gameplay of this game. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you guys and and uh, learning more about this one. So this I can tell you too, this, I don't think it was mentioned on the stream, weirdly, because you would think Microsoft would have wanted to say this, pardon me if I just missed it, maybe in the end while I was taking notes, but this is an exclusive. This is uh, Xbox P and uh, PC. So Series X, PC, Xbox One, Xbox One X, and we'll have plenty more of it throughout the month of May on IGN. Well, there you have it. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Now, Miranda, we talked about Yakuza being the first launch title. I suddenly forgot what it was like when the Xbox One launched. How many launch titles should we expect? I know we saw a lot of coming 2021, holiday 2020. My thing is, if you're saying holiday 2020, like, why wouldn't you just say launch title? Can you kind of dive into that? I feel like maybe the holiday 2020 right now is set because they can't necessarily say when launches, but I guess maybe some are like not keen on saying launch title. So that's the thing too, is like we don't know some of these could be launch titles. Um, but also I think it's smart for some of these to be peppered out throughout holiday 2020 rather than everything at launch, because if everything's just at launch, it's going to get varied by Halo, let's be real. Um, but, and like other games too, right? I'm sure Microsoft does have its own slate ready. Um, and you can just oversaturate that launch. And so having a better cadence of games coming out is always healthier. Because then, let's be real, how, much, how many games can we play uh, at once? So I think having that 
cadence is a lot smarter. So we do have things to plan for like early 2021. That's great. I like your optimism. I also like your realism when it comes to realizing that I'm pretty much only going to be playing Halo once that comes out. <laughs> um, but Brandon, so hey. again, this might be Sydney ignorance question, but they were talking about all games being optimized for Series X. Now, does that is that synonymous with smart delivery? Can you explain the differences and the similarities if there are any? Sure. Yeah, no, there, there are two different things. So smart delivery means when you purchase it for one console, you'll get it on the other console, essentially. And what that is, is that is mitigating the cross-generational difference between the two consoles. You know, we, we see it every generation, you know, the 360 to the Xbox One. You get a lot of titles, especially from third parties and major publishers. You know, they don't want to they don't want to corner themselves off to one console or the other. So you're going to get a skew of the game for Xbox One and then you're going to get a skew for the game for Xbox Series X and maybe Lockhart if and when that's announced. Um, what the Xbox Series X optimized means, it means like without doing anything uh, or I'm sorry, what that badge means is that it's going to be optimized and look better for the Xbox Series X. Having said that, we already know that just the hardware itself on the Xbox Series X is going to make everything look better. But the optimized badge means a little bit of extra love and attention has gone into it, you could say. And for Got Brandon's uh, Madden specifically, I, oh. I thought the smart delivery there was was really interesting just in the sense of, uh, like, whereas Assassin's Creed has smart delivery, Assassin's Creed's probably going to come out on the same day for everything, or maybe if if it's out like a week or two before the console launches, a slight difference. But Madden typically comes out, Brandon, at the end of July now. So that mm -hmm. means if you buy this year's game on the Xbox One, you've already, yeah. a, you've already got a Series X launch title for the whenever <laughs> you know, October, November, whenever the console launches. So you, you could possibly be buying your first not possibly. You can buy your first Series X game in July this year with Madden. Yeah, and that's what's really Wait, awesome about that's what's really awesome about Microsoft's move in this approach, right? Is they're now supporting multiple generations of consoles, multiple consoles per generation, and also the PC platform, right? And now smart delivery might not carry over to PC, but Microsoft is now a multi-platform first party and a multi-multi-console first party. So there's a lot to support. And just instead of saying like, okay, well, we'll drop the price for this version or that version. Now it's just buy it once and you just have it, play it wherever you want. I think it's super smart there, and an awesome consumer practice. Yeah, there was also just like a lot of really great messaging. It's like, well, whenever you're ready to upgrade, we don't want you to have to restart everything you've done. And so this is also them saying, we know not everyone's gonna buy at launch. Like not everyone feasibly always can. However, whenever you are ready to upgrade, you can take all of these games with you. And so far they have 13 games, which is pretty nice to have that signed on um, at this point. I hope that's a lot more. Say you start Madden on your Xbox One, you get the smart delivery when you upgrade. Does your progress also carry over? Is that part of the smart delivery promise? Absolutely. Good. Yeah, most, my, most of that information is going to be on servers. Good. So you'll be able to just log in from wherever, just like a, a game as a service game, right? Mm -hmm. If you log in and uh, play Fortnite on one machine and then log in and play Fortnite on a different machine, your character is still there. So it should be fun. Mm -hmm. Now, biggest surprise. We saw a ton, a good number of titles of kind of, I know, they're varying across genres. Let's start with you, Ryan. What was your biggest surprise uh, during the stream? This is cool. I feel like I'm on CNN. I just got my little vertical thing and I'm being called on, on to, to talk. No, this is great. Uh, I have to say, uh, as much as I talked at the top of the show about how great it was that most of these games were games we'd never seen before, for me, the, the most pleasant surprise, uh, since I won't take the thunder of someone else who I know is going to say this other one, but Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 is a game that we've known about for quite a while now, but I'll tell you, that trailer really got my attention. I, I hadn't really been super paying attention to, uh, to that game so far, but it kind of gave off a little bit of a We Happy Few kind of vibe, uh, plus obviously vampires. So yeah, I'm, I'm now a, a lot more interested in what's going on with Vampire Bloodlines 2. So uh, count, sign me up for that one. I thought that was my, my, that was my biggest surprise at this event. 
Yeah, it's funny. I watch, I'm watching uh, What We Do in the Shadows right now, which is a very different kind of vampire. They're friendly <laughs> and don't do that to people. Um, so I was definitely a little surprised that vampires, or to be reminded that vampires are also, can be kind of creepy and, in my opinion, mean. But Miranda, <laughs> what was your biggest surprise of the stream? Um, I'm gonna have to go with Call of the Sea. It seems like a neat one. I really like adventure games and just having that puzzle aspect, that mystery. It's like 1930s and just like an island in the middle of nowhere. It's really stylized. I feel like we could get some good music out of this. Uh, so that was kind of my biggest surprise of the third parties that I wasn't really anticipating. And I feel like it's it's somewhat rare for us to get really neat adventure games. Um, and those are also my favorite kind of games to do guides for because they can get kind of complex in a very direct sort of way. And I love like racing other people in the office to beat them and, and being as well being as thorough as possible. So um, I <laughs> and this is like very much up my alley. And I think just like the settings really cool. The colors are really cool. I mean, this trailer, it just got a really interesting style. Um, and I definitely want to see more of it later. Yeah, Miranda, yeah, that one definitely- kind of reminded me of a cross between Rhyme, The Witness, and maybe a little Firewatch, because it's described here, I yes. have a cheat sheet, a first-person adventure puzzle game set in the 1930s, as you noted, that tells the story of Nora, a woman on the trail of her missing husband's expedition, it takes place on a beautiful island in the South Pacific. So, yeah, I'm with you. That's mm-hmm. That one spoke to me as well. Yeah, and it was a nice tonal shift in terms of a lot of the games felt a little bit darker, and it was nice to see some bright colors and not be cowering in fear. Uh, BT, you know the question that's coming at you. What was your most surprising game? Yeah, I don't want to steal your thunder, but I I think that you and I are kind of on the same page as far as surprises go. Uh, And my personal pick is going to be Scorn. Uh, Please, we're going to watch that again. Can we just take a minute and digest what we saw? Um, you know, what's funny, Scorn, <laughs> nice. uh, Scorn has been around for almost the better part of a decade. Like it was announced in 2014, right? Like it has been in development a long, long time. Always touted as this HR Giger experience, right? With a really, really iconic art style. Um, you know, same art style that, that drove the look of, of the Alien and the Aliens franchise, um, it is a first-person shooter, or it was the last time we saw it, um, and it's got this really interesting mix of like sci-fi horror, body horror, kind of heavy metal with you know, it's so alien that it, it's unsettling. You know, you you see the little dude in the armor trying to get out. You see the weird, dull eyes behind this sort of membrane on people, bodies hanging from the ceiling. There's just a lot to di- again digest. No pun intended. Um, Thank you. And this is this is this is really sort of interesting to me because you know we we've been talking on Unlocked for months and months and, and maybe almost a year now about how Microsoft makes games that really don't get made anywhere else like Sea of Thieves. Just try to avert your eyes, Miranda. Uh, but they don't really capitalize on those uh, really sort of mature elements, the mature games that that sort of the core audience is uh, is really excited about and can jump on board. Scorn seems like a, uh, a reaction of a different kind. They are definitely, I'm really, really glad that A, this game got picked up because I think it's doing something interesting and B, that Microsoft did it. And uh, it is coming to Xbox Game Pass at launch. Now, I don't know if that means game launch or Xbox Series X launch. I imagine the former. Uh, but it looks like anybody who owns Xbox Game Pass, which is secretly the best deal in gaming, is going to get to subject themselves to this. And that something about that just kind of makes me happy. Oh, good. I felt like I was watching the conference. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it was like, bam! Throw yeah, up right? your breakfast. <laughs> it was like, yeah, we were like thing that kind of was like multiple layers of like extruding was just... yeah. It was a lot. So yeah, that was definitely my most surprising moment. Sorry, go ahead, Miranda. Oh yeah, I was just to say, I don't I normally mind gross things, but you, you and Mason were like, what is this? Why is it this early? What is it? I think yeah. it was, yeah, I think it was the earliest because I agree, I sometimes can stomach gross. Like I don't love subjecting myself to horror, but I can stomach gross. But there was something about it that just felt like they were like body and 
a, there was a lot yeah. happening. I did it's, not it's realize. It's that weird uncanny valley where it's horror, but it's also human-esque, right? It's just close mm -hmm. enough to what we recognize, but alien enough to make you really uncomfortable. So, uh, yes, exactly. well done. It is uh, an, at an atmospheric first-person horror adventure game set in a nightmarish universe of odd forms and somber tapestry. So, yeah, first-person oh, just to maximize the, uh, the grossness for you, Miranda. So despite me hating this trailer, <laughs> not because it was bad, just because it was really weird and kind of gross, um, I actually wish we could have seen gameplay because yeah. I had no sense of what was happening other than like, we're going to gross you out. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you did it. You did it. Well, here's a fun <laughs> note. They definitely succeeded. Like, we're actually yeah. going to jump to a super, super, super quick break while we all kind of readjust ourselves from talking about scorn uh so we'll be back after the break talking about our best of show from the stream and kind of looking ahead at what to expect from future xbox 2020 streams based on what we saw today beginning in june watch ign's exclusive summer of gaming content for the latest and greatest in game reveals news trailers next gen coverage and more tune in wherever you like to watch ign or on ign one on your samsung tvs Did you miss me? I was only gone for 15 seconds. Don't worry. Uh, so we talked about score and we talked about our surprising moments. Let's talk about our favorite moments. I'll start with you, Ryan. Well, uh, shout out to Aaron Greenberg, who's a good friend of this podcast <laughs> and his Series X fridge background. Just, I love that he leaned into it. That was so good. That was a great way to just to kick off the stream and just have that you know, it, this is clearly not a buttoned up suit and tie kind of stage affair where video games are going to be super serious. He had the fridge behind him. That was so good. I also want to give a shout out, though, to a game I thought we were going to bring up earlier, but since uh, we didn't get there. But the first game we saw, I think, if memory serves, Bright, uh, Bright Memory Infinite was the game developed by one person. First of all, that alone... Yeah. Can we just recognize how insane and difficult that is? There's another game that uh, Brandon and I specifically are looking forward to for Xbox called Tunic. That's another one-person effort, and I just don't see anybody making video games is hard enough. Doing it by yourself, I can't even possibly imagine what goes into that. Particularly this. Look at this. I mean, it's there's first-person shooter elements. Then it gets to the driving element. It looks pretty cool as far visually speaking. It's got a it's got its own dis definitive aesthetic. Uh, I want to I, I and I got to say the car he jumps into looks kind of like a DeLorean, which always makes me happy <laughs> as somebody who owned one of those for a while. But yeah, I mean, uh, Greenberg's fridge, but, but yeah, bright memory infinite as again, a game we'd never seen before and something that just looks decidedly like it, this is clearly one person's vision, right? It is, it is, a, it's there's, this is, this idea is not being noted to death by anyone. This is one person's vision and it looks really interesting i can't wait to see more of this yeah i'm definitely excited to dive deeper into that but miranda what was your favorite moment of the show the moment that just made you feel all the feels so this is actually kind of personal but i really like that madden reel uh one of my first gaming memories was like sitting in my dad's lap while he was playing madden and me and my twin sister would try to grab this controller so eventually they just bought us controllers to play with um, so seeing old Madden like really has a place in my heart. It's just like, oh, I miss my dad. Uh, and so that was like a really nice thing. It's I always love those reels whenever developers bring them back. It's like, look how far we've come with games. Like it's just so impressive to look at all the pixels and how fun it was, and we all cherish those memories and to how much we've really grown into these super complex games that just look gorgeous. Uh, so I really loved that, and I will always love any sort of memory reels of like really old storied games. Uh, and then also us being grossed up by Scorn because <laughs> you got to have all the emotions in one stream. It was a good bonding moment for sure. The collective from that. Uh, yeah, I have to agree. I think seeing all of those Maddens throughout the year just were, or throughout the years, just uh, Madden's really good at hype trailers. If you didn't know that, mm -hmm. uh, you can go YouTube all of their old trailers because they're all very good. So BT, what was your favorite hey. moment? Uh, my favorite moment was when we saw that DeLorean on screen and I said to myself, I bet Ryan talks about that DeLorean and Ryan talked about that DeLorean. <laughs> you know me so uh, well. 
Look, it's going to sound like a cop out. I don't mean it to, but um, my favorite th moment of the stream was the stream. It's next gen. It's here. We we got quotes about all of this is simulated Xbox Series X specs. We got quotes about all of it is running in engine. Um, we got quotes that they have hundreds of games coming up. And we saw that splash screen with just all the different developer logos. Um, you know, I've been doing this job for five years and, and you always hear Xbox is great, but where are the games? Where are the games? Where are the games? This seems like the first step in planting that flag saying, hey, here are the games. Okay, we got it. We heard you. Take these games. Go away. Play these games. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm just excited that next gen is here, man. Like we, we you know, our, our industry and our hobby, it is, it is good for another half decade and hopefully longer. And can I point out too, Brandon, that the what you were just talking about there with the third party games and, and they showed that that uh, screen that we just had up with all the third party logos on it. That's exactly what Sony did at the PS4 unveiling in February of 2013, which really did help set the tone for them uh, to say, hey, we've got a ton of developers on board here. And to your exact point, I think that that Microsoft doing that here as well just shows like, hey, look, We've got a ton of support behind this thing. And they're here when like, hey, we're here for you. We're going to have a ton of games. Yeah. And I'd be remiss if I didn't at least mention that uh, I did get feels watching uh, Second Extinction, the, the shooter dinosaur game, uh, when <laughs> all of you, all of those guys are huddled together, just unloading into a horde of dinosaurs. And they're pulping apart. There are chunks of dino going in every direction. And I just thought like, oh, they... They didn't ask for that, you know. Like <laughs> they went extinct. <laughs> you brought them back, and now you're pulping them. I, now, that, now that we're doing the second if this is, yeah. if this second is left for, <laughs> if this game is left for Dino Crisis, I'm just sign yeah. me up right now. I'm I'm in on day yes. one. I'm so ready for that game. I don't care. <laughs> also, yeah, those I dinosaurs are made of paper mache. Poor dinosaurs. They're <laughs> they're not held together very well. Jeez, look at that. <laughs> First of oh, all, those are normal dinosaurs. Out of paper mache. <laughs> all their guts flying through the screen made me really reconsider great graphics and how bad they make you feel sometimes. <laughs> like, I kind of feel bad for these dinosaurs, but also their teeth are very scary. So I yeah, don't know. They, they I don't got a gun. Like normal point, dinos. They look like dinos that maybe had a, a couple of bad days strung together. Uh, and yeah. now, and now, you know, they're just on the chopping block, so to speak. No it's like, let's be clear. Yeah, Littlefoot really is not day. among this group. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the friendly dinosaurs, oh they God. all left. Bringing me back. It's fine. But so we saw some third party games. We saw a very big title sequence, like you were saying, Ryan, of a lot of third party studios. Let's talk about games that we didn't see. I mean, Ryan, are you excited about any third party games that we didn't see in this stream? Well, I mean, I think the big one that a lot of people were hoping for and, and really crossing their fingers for, particularly because, you know, there's all these marketing deals now with third parties where, well, this third party is going to show with Microsoft and this one's going to show with Sony. And Cyberpunk 2077 is the big one I think people wanted to see. Now, I'm not surprised it wasn't on here necessarily because it's not a Series X game, proper a proper Series X game. It is an Xbox One game but nevertheless uh it is it is confirmed that it's you know x it's going to be supported you'll be able to play it on your series x so i'm i think that's the one everyone was really hoping to see and i guess if i go back to my my twitter feed over the last couple of days uh in the in the lead the hype leading up to this a lot of people want really wanted to see elden ring as well that that one uh, oh, did not make an yeah. appearance this time around but we'll see what we, you know we've got one of these every month to look forward to so we'll see if that pops up at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. I really hope that my mic is not picking up all of my stomach sounds right now because I just got really, really hungry. But don't leave and get a quick snack because this ad break is going to be so fast you won't have time or maybe if your kitchen's really close. But we'll be right back after this break where we're going to talk more about Xbox exclusive games, what we're expecting from Xbox 2020, and of course, our best of show. Beginning in June, watch IGN's exclusive Summer of Gaming content for the latest and greatest in game reveals, news, trailers, next-gen coverage, and more. Tune in wherever you like to watch IGN or on IGN One on your Samsung TVs. All right, we're back. If you got a snack and made it to right now, let us know in the chat. 
or don't. I don't know. Whatever. So we were talking about games that we didn't see. Now, Miranda, first party games, we already knew we weren't going to see them, but we're expecting them in July. Let's look ahead a little bit. What are you hoping comes out of that July stream? Halo. (laughs) That's just like the easiest thing to say. Um, We did get a tease at the very beginning of the show um, saying that in July, we will also hear from Ninja Theory, we will hear from Obsidian, and we will also hear from Double Fine. So there are a lot of things for us to look forward to. And I was really glad they specifically named people that will, or I guess companies that will be presenting something in July. Um, obviously, Halo has to be the biggest thing. We want to see the Chief. We want to see what's in store for his next adventure. Everyone's super excited. At least I know everyone on this panel is. Um, and so we want to see that for sure. But we do have those companies, among many others, of their first party group uh, presenting in July. So I feel like with Double Fine, we're going to get some more Psychonauts, Ninja Theory. They could have more Hellboy, but they could also have their other projects because we know that they're working on a lot. So I think there's it's pretty up in the air for what you can see. Um, we could see more from Sea of Thieves. Of course, we have Battletoads. Uh, and then the rumored fable that we always talk about and wish would be announced because we want more fable. So I think there's a lot of potential for whatever they have to show in July. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll even finally find out what the initiative is working on. And maybe it's perfect dark. Who knows? Time will tell. Well, July will tell. Brandon, <laughs> what did you think of today's Inside Xbox and kind of the tone that it sets and the expectations that it sets for all of these other briefings? I thought it was good. I thought it was a good first step. Um, you know, I think Ryan and I both touched on it. Maybe we were a little disappointed with how much they showed off um, or it's sort of the content of it. But when you look at sort of what the, the uphill battle Microsoft has in reclaiming market share of the console space, um, that launch window is as important as anything else, which is, I think, why July is so important, right? We're going to see Halo. And we're going to see some of the first party stuff. Um, that more than anything is really going to set the tone. This was a good first step. It says, we have games, we have partners, we are working on next gen. You're going to get more than just Halo. Um, You're going to have a huge sort of catalog of games to play with an asterisk to it, meaning, uh, you know, the new console will be supported by Xbox Game Pass, but you're also going to have a huge amount of games, uh, you know, on Xbox Game Pass and from new developers like, like, uh, you know, Chorus, which which I think we're watching B-roll for right now, a, a cool space game um, that, you know, came out of nowhere. So uh, I think this is a really good first step in saying we have the partners, we have the intention, most importantly, that the Xbox Series X is a game console for people who play video games. Um, it doesn't do everything. It does a lot of things, and it does one thing very, very well. Uh, and this this today was really the first step in, in, in showing us that they mean that. Mm-hmm. And now, Miranda, what do you think they really nailed with this? I think they did a really good job of the pacing. I think the format was pretty good. Um, some of the trailers weren't necessarily the best, but that's not necessarily their fault. Uh, what I do like, though, is some of the trailers that left a lot of things up in the air. They revisited at the end of the show and so that they had all of our interviews then. Um, it may have been like a little jumble just because like, oh, I haven't thought about that in a while because it was at the beginning of the show. But being able to revisit that and get a little bit more of a deep dive with the developers behind these games, I think is really valuable because then they can of course have a minute to talk about their games uh without breaking up the show too much by putting it toward the end so people who of course are who are really interested in hearing more about these games have that time to watch and kind of listen to what these developers have to say um in a very good spot without breaking up the flow and the excitement of all the reveals that they had uh and and i think it was pretty important too because again some of these trailers didn't really tell a lot about these games and uh, getting a little bit more of their insight onto what their intentions are for it really helped. Mm-hmm. I completely agree with the format. I really liked trailer, 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 and then kind of slowing things down and really breaking it down for us. Ryan, how do you think this sets the expectation for, let's just go back to that July Inside Xbox, where we're going to get first party games. How much do you think they're going to stick to this format? Or do you think that it's going to be fluid where maybe that Inside Xbox in July is hopefully like three hours long, maybe not that long, but they maybe get into things a little bit deeper. Well, I mean, I think the the less is more. Uh, Nintendo's been having a lot of success with just these with the frequent smaller Nintendo directs for a long time now. Sony doing a similar thing, uh, kind of sort of copying that format with the state of play, and I think this works. Uh, I I personally 
I'm an Xbox fan, but I find the the inside Xbox up until today to be honestly pretty overproduced. It's just it's a little much. I like that this was, as Miranda noted, just kind of game, 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 game. And I think this is just, again, part of the plan that they've been doing a really good job on so far. They showed the console. They told you the name at the Game Awards in a surprise fashion. We got the tech specs it, just in, what, March that was. And now here, okay, here's some third-party games, including mostly games you've never seen before. It's all building up towards, okay, and then now we're going to tell you that in July... It's going to be all 15, well, maybe not all 15, but hopefully we'll see something from a, a, most of the 15 first-party studios, including the stuff you guys touched on earlier. I mean, I'm, I'm dying for that Fable reboot announcement from Playground's second team. Forza Motorsport 8 is a, is a very likely launch title. Of course, more Halo. That's Halo's been quiet for a long, long time now. So there's, and then Miranda mentioned Obsidian. There's a, there's one, there's a team that we know of at Obsidian that, that hasn't, we don't know what they're up to. We know they're doing Grounded. Uh, and then there's the Pillars of Eternity team, that the, the, there's the Outer Worlds team that's just coming off of their game. So Obsidian and then Double Fine, like, wait, is that Psychonauts 2 or is that something else new that Double Fine's cooking up? They're the most recent acquisition for Microsoft. So that. I think it's all just building up the hype. Like today was just a, a cool step, but but it's they're really building towards that July event where it's like, here you go. You've wanted exclusive games for so long. We're going to show you a ton of them now. So the, the plan's going real well so far, I think. So apparently the audience is super stoked about Scorn and just really in love with that. <laughs> now, Brian, I or Brian, I just combined both of you guys' names. I'll get it. Uh, BT, um, <laughs> what, ta let's talk more about Scorn. What do you know about it up to this point? Um, you, you know, it was first announced, I think, back in 2014, uh, started development. It, it, it was really kind of under the radar for years and years and years back then. It was, I think it is a first-person adventure game, but... Um, this, so here's a fun fact. If you want to see footage of this game, you can. It's out there, like... Uh, they have been revealing, you know, little tidbits of it over the years. Um, I'm actually really stoked and kind of quite surprised that it's it's making its way to console. I, I kind of always envisioned that it would just live on Steam forever. But, um, you know, it, it does have those elements that we're going to find gross. Uh, I do remember seeing some gameplay of like pulling a gun out of someone's chest or, or a gun, something that looked like vaguely gun shaped out of someone's chest. So there is a weird sort of biomechanical organic component to it um it's no surprise that the audience is is attracted to it right like look it it is it, it's titillating it, it's it's got all it checks all the boxes there's there's the horror theme there's the weird otherness theme there's there's the maturity of it, it it's there's whatever this weird like sort of baby situation going on is um it really does check like all those boxes where you might not like it but you kind of want to know more about it and uh, and I think that's what some of the you know the most popular things do. I can help totally. feed the uh, the audience's hunger for this game a little bit because uh, I've hunger. got my cheat sheet. So uh, it's designed around the idea of quote being thrown into the world, isolated and lost inside this dreamlike world. You will explore different interconnected regions in a nonlinear fashion. The unsettling environment, Miranda, is a character itself. Every location mm -hmm. contains its own theme slash story. Uh, its own puzzles and characters that are integral in creating a cohesive world. Throughout the game, you will open up new areas, acquire different skill sets, weapons, various items, and try to comprehend the sites presented to you. And I'll add gross sites. Yeah. Okay. Comprehend is the right so word. We have a great team, and they have updated us that there was an, a rather informative tweet that this will be available at launch for Series X. Um, wow, it is immersive horror, as we have seen, with brutal, unforgiving gameplay, uh, and seems like it's quite puzzle-heavy, is what they said from what they saw three years ago, so we don't know how much that's changed. So unfortunately, this is also turning up into a game that's right up my alley, except that it's horror, so I guess <laughs> I'm just going to take a shot and see where this goes. Um, I do love spooky things, like, you know the messengers in Bloodborne? <laughs> Those are like one of my favorite things of all time. Yeah. But this thing that's happening right now, that weird tentacle thing, you prick it and you just you're just feeding it to this weird skeleton thing. I don't like that. I'm not about that life. <laughs> but you know, sometimes you get curious and say, like, why is that happening? I would like to know why this became a weird blood flower monster. 
I am interested to see more and see how they uh, go about presenting what this world is, and especially the kinds of puzzles that you'll see and, and what they can offer. Also, here's my skeleton now that we're... I got a skeleton oh, uh, to, go. to go with this spooky name. An that we're, we're, yeah, we're, hit, we're hitting. She's not fleshy, though. Well, you know, before launch, maybe you can make it fleshy. Ew, I can't believe I just said fleshy on stream. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. And I bet it's not a summer of gaming ad. But stick around because right after that, we're going to be talking our best in show, aka stream. See you on the other side. Beginning in June, watch IGN's exclusive Summer of Gaming content for the latest and greatest in game reveals, news, trailers, next-gen coverage, and more. Tune in wherever you like to watch IGN or on IGN One on your Samsung TVs. That was so dumb. Why did I do that? Okay, we're talking best of show. Welcome back. So let's just kick it off with Ryan. I'm going down the line. Give us your best in show. Yeah, I'm going to I'm actually going to go uh with Bright Memory Infinite, which I was gushing on a bit earlier because it's it's definitely my kind of game. Uh it's a like just f first person, there's shooting, there's driving, there's some sort of crazy story going on, there's a weird uh just whole vibe to it. It looks good really good visually. There's like that melee right there. That kind of reminded me of an old cult classic or uh, original Xbox game that probably two people watching this will remember called Breakdown. So if there's first-person melee combat, first-person shooting, first-person driving, and just a lot of strange story and, and a compelling sci-fi aesthetic, like, I'm in. Like, count me in for this. So I think, I think that's where I'm leaning on this one. I'm really eager to see more of this. Yeah, I'm definitely with you there. But Miranda, your turn. What is your best in show? Yes. Um, in addition to Bright Memory Infinite, I, I also like the wall running. I like the sliding. It's like I'm getting a lot of Titanfall feels. Like this is some good movement. Um, mine was definitely Yakuza Like a Dragon. I am ashamed because I have not gone in depth in playing all these Yakuza games. And every time I see it, they always just look like a blast. Like you got that like crime drama going on. You've got prison. And then you've got some wild parties <laughs> where you're going to go sing karaoke and play crane games and then go beat somebody up afterward. And then just fantastic fight. And every time I see one of these trailers, it just looks like so much fun. Like this is what I want from video games among many other things. But this is the one that I want to experience. And I'm so glad it's going to be a launch title. Um, I know that these also have like really great stories too, and they're just so fun. Uh, and I, I want to play this game. I'm so excited. Yeah, we were talking about that. How Yakuza just seems so up both of our alleys, <laughs> and for whatever reason, I just haven't played it. And so I'm definitely, I agree. I'm very excited to hear that it's coming as a launch title for Xbox Series X. Now, BT mm. favorite best in show. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best in show it's it's tough i saw a lot of cool things that i liked um some things that i wish i saw more of uh i don't think it's assassin's creed um because you know a lot of what we saw you know we had already seen or, or something akin to it I, I i can't wait to see more about that uh for me it's between course 51 it came out of nowhere a cool spaceship uh it seems like some sort of weird cerebral uh, kind of connection with the ship or, or maybe, you know, an, another entity out there. And then, you know, I, I think the actual outside of, of chorus, I think, you know, not to beat the drum or anything, but scorn, I, I'm, we're thinking about it. We're talking about it. Um, and I think the reason I play videos games is because, you know, the best ones make me feel something right. And, and just watching that trailer for scorn made me feel unsettled. It made me feel a little weird. So like I, there's something to that, and 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 I want to see more of it. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily, I can't say that my best in show was Scorn, but I agree, there's definitely something there. And I want to go back to Scorn, actually, because you were talking about how Xbox makes games, or rather Microsoft makes games that maybe aren't being made everywhere. Now, mm -hmm. what do you think a game like Scorn could do to give us like let's speculate on what scorn could do like a successful scorn to give us more interesting, weird out there games. Yeah. I think it just sort of adds to that narrative that video games can be anything that you want. Like there, there is a blueprint for a successful video game. Um, there are several actually. 
that's why first-person shooters in Call of Duty have been so around so long. That's why a lot of Ubisoft games are open world with a ton of things to do. There are boxes you can check that guarantee, not guarantee, but that strongly suggest your game will do well uh, if you can pull it off. What I really, really love to see is games like Limbo and games like Inside really kind of push, uh, you know, what a successful video game could be in weird strange new directions that like scorn might be uncomfortable but there's something there there's something to see um i think hellblade diving you know now that it's getting it's becoming a franchise that's awesome but when hellblade came out it did things differently it made me feel something that i you know hadn't actually gotten a chance to feel in a, in, in a game like it before so um the more successful the weird ones get the better it is for everyone i think if Scorn ends up being like the condemned of the uh, of the Xbox Series X launch, that'll be a good thing because that's condemned was one of my favorite 360 launch games, and there are some similarities. Creepy first person game. So yeah. if that's uh, if that's the ceiling for Scorn, so be it. That'd be great. I love the weird. Yeah, ones. so we're yeah. actually seeing that Twitter is kind of split between what it seems like all of your opinions are in terms of like, yeah, Scorn, give me more, and. <laughs> Another side of Twitter is kind of like, please don't ever show me that again, please, I beg you. Um, and actually, we're looking at this and seeing that Scorn will be exclusive to Xbox Series X at launch. So we've got another exclusive, a timed exclusive, sorry about that. Um, but I think it's really interesting. We literally only have like a few seconds to chat on this. So whoever wants to chime in, I'll let you guys fight each other for this. But why do you think they didn't say that? In the stream. Well, they that's didn't a good say question. it. They didn't. There's, there's yeah, no go ahead, answer. Miranda. Oh yeah, I'd say that's a good <laughs> question because there's not really a good answer. I feel like we were missing a lot of information from this this stream, and they're kind of relying on everyone following up on things that they're interested rather than actually presenting everything that needed to be known in this stream, which is a little bit weird and it is hard to have like everything in there and like there's so much to say and I think they wanted to cut down on how much they had to say yeah, yeah. I'm so oh my Miranda God bless you. Thank you. You kept that so short because it means that I don't have to interrupt somebody. So I want to thank all of you in the audience for hanging with us for these hours. It was definitely an exciting way to kick off some announcements. Thank you all, Unlocked crew, for joining me. Now, if you want more Xbox updates, make sure you check out Unlocked with the Unlocked crew, some of which were the wonderful folks who are with me today. And, you know, if you're hyped about this and you want more announcements and more coverage just like this IGN summer of gaming kicks off in June now we're gonna have dev interviews we'll have demos we'll have more next-gen console coverage and that will all be happening wherever you watch IGN whether that's IGN.com our twitch our YouTube and on IGN one on your Samsung TV plus thank you all so much for joining I'm Cindy Goodman and I hope your day is as awesome as you are bye guys Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.